it's time for school days. Hope for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I tell parents, you're like a training wheel on a bike. Your job isn't to make the bike move. Your job is to keep the bike upright. Those of us who are the true educators, we really want to be given the opportunity to educate the whole child. We can get free college degrees based on all of the opportunities that are out here and available to our students. Oftentimes, as parents, I think we want to protect our kids, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give them is allowing them to experience adversity. Yeah. Here's your host, Danita Bailey. Well, welcome to School Days, help for moms and dads of school-aged kids. I'm Danita Bailey. According to the National Assessment of Educational Progress, three-quarters of both 8th and 12th graders lack proficiency in writing, and a study from the College Board indicates that each year, businesses are spending as much as $3.1 billion on remedial writing, training for current employees and new hires. Today, we're going to talk with two educators who are on the front lines working with both high school and college students and are gifted writers in their own right. But before we go any further, let me just say it does take a village. If you hear a great parenting tip or nugget of advice, share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in and add the hashtag school days show and hashtag I am school days. And also we want you to be a part of the show. So if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 214-444-5575. Or if you're live with us on Facebook, you can drop us a question there. Without any further ado, let's let our kid casters introduce today's guests. And this week we have third grader Emmanuel Agbadau, and he's actually the son of one of our guests here. Let's listen to him. Michelle Carter Agbadau is a mother of two boys. Michelle has taught English for 13 years. She is a reader for the College Board AP Literature Exam, where she scores essays from students across the nation. Michelle is a spoken word of artist and loves reading, writing, and coffee and children. Michelle Carter Abadelhu, welcome to the School Day Show. Welcome, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. He <laughs> was very cute. Okay. And also we have a first grader who's seven years old. Her name is Christina Bailey, and she's going to introduce our next guest. And uh, FYI, Christina's my daughter. <laughs> Lakeisha Beckham is native of Bay Area in California and has two sons. She finished her post-master degree in 2011 with Anna Edis in teacher leadership while simultaneously working as an adjunct in psychology and child development. Lakeisha is working on publishing two children books and is a contributing author for real-world occurrences in social psychology. Lakeisha believes in the power of education, using your voice, and the importance of telling your story. In her free time, she enjoys playing kickball, making tattoos, watching movies, and talking politics. Welcome to school days, Miss Beckham. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Miss Beckham is joining us from. What was that? What'd it sounds so much better coming from them. I think so. I used to read it myself and I got bored of myself. <laughs> so I stopped reading yeah. the intros and had the kids starting to do it. Um, but yeah. uh, uh, Lakeisha is joining us from uh, California. Where in California are you? I'm in Sacramento. Sacramento, California. What's the weather like there right now? Um, it's supposed to be 55 today. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. For you guys right now, huh? Yes. yes. <laughs> Today we started off at 61 and then we are already in the 40s. We are going to plummet and then tomorrow morning there could be sleet. Oh, so yeah. Well, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Thank you guys both for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'm excited about the show today. So I would like to know how does the ability to communicate well through writing impact academic achievement really in all subjects? Well, the state of Testis um, has a new initiative this year that goes K through 12. It's called Balanced Literacy. Mm -hmm. And Balanced Literacy is really um, focused on all subjects. So whether it's a foreign language or whether it's math, um, whether it's science, we're looking at writing across the curriculum. And the state of Texas recognizes that writing is a retention method, like more than memorization or more than um, collaboration or any of our other methods. When you look at writing and critical thinking and growth in students, writing is really a key piece that is propelling students' growth and closing the achievement gap. Mm -hmm. uh, Lakeisha, what, what would you say about that? Children um, do not if they can't comprehend what they're reading <laughs> and then, you know, and trying to write and put all those pieces together just doesn't fit. And as a community college professor, I see firsthand students who are coming straight out of high school who have not necessarily grasped the ability to write well, which means they also are not understanding a lot of the things that they're now reading in a college classroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have a good grasp of being able to write, you, your notes are going to be awful. And, yeah. you know, in whatever class you're going to be in, and you're not going to be able to study, you're not going to know what to, what mm -hmm. content you need to know. So it's pretty important. Right. What impact has social media and texting had on writing skills? <laughs> <laughs> Lakeisha, you want to take that first? Yeah, I'll, I'll speak on this one real quick. <laughs> So um, I think I saw the change in writing maybe about 10 years ago, actually, um, where students would write, but text write. And yes. I had to, <laughs> does that make sense? They would text totally. write. So they would shorthand mm -hmm. their words and stuff. And um, I would have to have conversations with them about what it means to write and what it means to write in academia, um, that this is an essay, you are not talking to your best friend. Um, and so, <laughs> right, and you do it in a loving way so that, you know, they they come back and and work their way through it. But I, I think I started seeing the change about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a situation, <laughs> the right, the text writing. I had a situation where I had a, a high school intern 
and his writing was just atrocious. He was writing things for me in texting format. <laughs> I was like, these, this is supposed to go out to a client. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we barely know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> what have you seen, oh. Michelle? Um, in high school classroom, we talk a lot about code switching just in language mm. and being able to know your audience and, you know, just being conformity. Like, so when I'm talking to the need of the friend, we're just friends. But when I'm on your radio show, I kind of have a different vernacular <laughs> when we speak. And so um, I see the same thing in writing. They're not able to transition from what is appropriate for their peers to what is appropriate for even a, some scholarship essays. I'm like, mm. you can't write that. It's not appropriate. Think about who your audience are your audience is teachers just like I am and it's this is what we want to see so uh, going back to what Keisha said knowing your audience and um, knowing appropriate words um, for academic writing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I have to I was thinking about this morning I have to wonder because it used to be you know 10 20 years ago when we were uh, when I was in the workplace and um, I knew that it was kind of common knowledge that if you made a mistake on your resume, it would be thrown out immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to wonder, and I should ask my sister cause she's in HR if that's a thing anymore. Like, cause I would imagine that mistakes are made so much. Now people have gotten so lax. You probably can't have much of a pool of candidates. If you, <laughs> if you throw all the <laughs> resumes away that have mistakes on them. I don't know. <laughs> so writing skills, what writing skills do our kids need to be ready for college? Um, I'd say number one is development of ideas and cohesion. Um, just being able to have a topic sentence and then be able to develop the supporting details under that. So that's kind of like that reading, writing, translate um, when you think about main idea and then how the author supports that main idea, that claim or that argument in reading. They've got to be able to use that as like a model to have a topic sentence and develop their ideas. I see a lot of just scattered thoughts put together in a paragraph mm-hmm. with they're all good points but none of them are really developed. Each one could be a different paragraph. So mm-hmm. I would start with cohesion and um, supporting mm-hmm. the claim of the paragraphs mm-hmm. and papers. What about persuasive writing? Persuasive writing is pretty, really big on 10th grade level. Mm-hmm. Um it's more of a written response than an essay. They only get 26 lines, but they are expected in the state of Texas to show elements of persuasion in order to pass their star test in the 10th grade. Mm-hmm. Um, analytical writing, which is what they do more of in college and persuasive writing kind of talk to each other because in analytical writing, you're making a claim and you're proving your claim with the evidence from the text Um, and persuasive writing. You're just making a claim. It doesn't necessarily have to be text based. So um, I think they get more development of persuasive writing skills in the junior and senior level when they start writing analytically and getting ready for college. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you talked a little bit about this, um, Lakeisha, as a professor, kind of what are you seeing in your students and what do you wish that primary and secondary schools would do a better job of preparing them before they get to you? Um, well, I will say just for folks out there, um, I think I have a very interesting point of view because I'm actually a psychology professor. I'm not an English professor. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> So, but I know what good writing is. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so in, in my Psych 300 class, which is general psychology, 
all of their exams are written works. Right. You know, so they there is no uh, multiple choice. You can't guess. <laughs> um, they have to be able to apply what they are, the concepts they're learning about in psychology um, to what they're seeing in videos or we might watch a movie or something like that. So um, I wish I wish they <laughs> were able to retain their creativity mm-hmm. in K-12 um, because oftentimes they come to me and I'm asking them to be creative, but at the same time, apply these things, you know, how do you see it unfolding? It's totally up to, it's totally up to them as long as they use the concepts correctly. And a lot of them are anxious about being creative because I don't think they get enough opportunity for that. Or maybe in their schools, it's not appreciated, um, but they're fearful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Why why is writing so scary, do you think? I think number one is we don't ask kids to do enough of it. And so it is a lack of practice. Um, they feel like they don't know what to do unless it's like the benchmark or unless it's like a common right. assessment. You know, it's always high stakes when mm-hmm. a lot of times when teachers are asking them to write. Um, we've got to get more informal, daily, non-pressured assignments on writing. Give them practice. Give them freedom to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's okay to fail if you're just doing a journal in class, not fail the class, but you know, make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just doing a journal in class, whereas it is your star essay. Mm-hmm. So we've got to do a better job of just across the curriculum, just implementing writing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Lakeisha, what would you say? Why do you think it's so so fearful for them? Oh, I was agreeing right along with Michelle. Mm-hmm. It's really um, high stakes. And in fact, um, I've always been able to write, but I never liked writing, you know, and maybe because of the same reasons that Michelle brought up, you know, um, I could explain myself, but I didn't, I didn't understand what I called when I was younger, the fluff part of it, you know, bringing in, <laughs> bringing in evidence and pulling from all these different places. It was just like, let me just write it and get it over with. Um, I much preferred science and math. So um, I know that you have to read and write in science, but it just didn't feel the same as it does when you are writing for like a language arts class or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we have to let them play. <laughs> and to piggyback on what Lakeisha said, I do think that, Okay, I'm biased here, but I'm going to say it. I do think like the STEM initiative is wonderful. Science, technology, engineering, and math. But I do think that arts and literacy has taken the short end of that stick. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. you look at College Board and their scores on the AP literature test over time. Well, the test hasn't changed. The test hasn't gotten any harder. The test hasn't gotten any easier. But the scores are not meeting the national achievement rates that they once met. And it's because um, the state of Texas is trying to go back, like I said, with this balanced literacy initiative, but science, technology, engineering, and math have really been a push for our whole nation and even our whole world. And um, literacy has not gotten enough practice and literacy and writing has not gotten enough practice in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit scary because we, you need to be able to write for all of those careers that are Mm -hmm. in STEM 
and you yes. need to be able to be creative and to express your ideas um, written and, you know, and um, orally, you need to be able to do that. So we can't completely get away from that because yeah. otherwise they're going like, they're going to be very lopsided. Right. What mindset about writing are you guys trying to cultivate before they leave you? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, mindset about writing. Um, I want writing to feel like their own. Um, I really try to instill into my students that they are authors. Like, so College Board will give them a text that they've never seen before. It'll be about a page or a poem. And they, they'll have to write three to four pages over it in 40 minutes. And I want them to know that you are a scholar. You are an author. Don't doubt yourself. Don't overthink it. Your thoughts are your thoughts. You support your thoughts. You prove your thoughts. And you are writing, you know, putting them in charge and in a place of power. They always feel like the essay is happening to them. Like, oh, my God, this time writing is <laughs> happening to me. I'm drowning. <laughs> but I want them to feel like they are ruling the time writing. Mm -hmm. They are in control and they are in charge. And it is my um, goal throughout the year to make them more and more comfortable with that. Yeah. How about you, Lakeisha? Um, <clears throat> so in... Uh, one of the classes I teach is a, it's psychology applied to modern life. Basically, it's just coping and adapting, right? Like, how do you do that? And so um, it's all project based. And so they don't write. Well, they do write in the beginning, but then I'm building them up how to speak and, you know, how to present themselves, how to use information that they are gathering on the internet or in the very end, they are looking at um, uh, journal, research journals um, in order to inform their presentation. And, um, and so really trying to get them to own it, um, to know that they can do it. So some of the same things Michelle was saying, um, trying to get them to find the fun in whatever it is that we're doing. And I know that's weird to say for a college professor, maybe, I don't know, but I don't, I don't, so. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to be, um, I like variation. So um, it's important to me that I have fun with my students and help them along the way. So they do a lot of group work in my classes um, to try to help each other. I, and I just want to add from the public school point of view, I really don't feel like we're doing a lot to fuel creativity in writing. We had a creativity elective that was a semester that hasn't been offered on my campus in like the last two years. It's been kind of off and on just finding people to teach it and then finding kids who want to enroll in it. And when we get kids who are so low in writing, as we're talking about, and we have nine months to bring them up to the standards of STAR, which is the state of test assessment in the state of Texas, we're doing STAR writing. We're not doing a lot of fun and um, it might be low pressure, but we're still always writing to explain. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of the times um, we're not diving into creating poetry or creating a script or anything creative like that. And so. Um, that is a gap. I hear Lakeisha keeps talking about creativity. And I can tell you in Texas, I'm not finding that our teachers have time to do that. So that, right. that could be something that I look at for my department and trying to find ways to develop that in my students. So I thank you for that suggestion, Lakeisha. And that is that is your boo too, because you are a really great. You do spoken word, and you're a poet, and um, you know, create creative writing is something that's really important it to is, you. It is, yeah, and it's a great outlet, I think, for students. 
you know, a can way I, that you can, can, what was that? Can I jump in real quick? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, so the creative writing piece um, and how helpful and beneficial it can be as a high school student. And I don't know where I found the love for writing poetry, but it literally saved my life. Mm. There, there is so much that goes on, you know, in high school and at home and trying to understand who you are. And so just being able to get those emotions out on paper and know that, you know, I, I am going to be okay was so beneficial and our students do need more of that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Learning to be a strong reader is what you usually think about when you're talking about literacy development. Mm-hmm. How is writing a key component in literacy? <sighs> so is the question about relationship between reading and writing? Is that where we're going here? Yes. Okay, great. I'm good. <laughs> Let's answer it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Kids. So one of the things I've instituted in my department, um, being department chair for the last two years, is independent reading time. It's kind of like what they call deer when I was in school, drop everything and read. So we read for 10 to 15 minutes. Right now we're getting close to testing time. So I'm trying to grow my kids to be able to read for 30 solid minutes at mm-hmm. a time. Um, and so kids who are never seeing good writing have no idea what good writing looks like, mm-hmm. like to write. Mm-hmm. They have no idea about grammar structures. I mean, if you teach grammar in I- isolation, that coordinating conjunction means nothing to them. That subordinate <laughs> clause means nothing. What does that mean to them? It's a worksheet. I can do it for now. But one of the moves that we see in writing um, right now is called mentor text. And that's where they take sentences or they take passages or we take a whole article and we look at what's called the moves of that article. We look at how that um, writer moved to establish his argument he started with an antidote and then he moved into facts and then he did a call to action and so we looked at the moves of the writer and we try to use that as a model for students so that's called the mentor text movement okay awesome i like that (laughs) (laughs) i guess i do i i don't because we, um, because it's psychology or child development that I'm usually teaching, um, I don't get like those kinds of opportunities all the time. But we do stuff like that visually. So, um, so at my college, I am the interim STEM coordinator now. <laughs> wow, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And I have been having conversations with folks about where the A is, where's the arts. So thank you, Michelle, for bringing that up. (laughs) Because it really brings everything together and folks don't, our students don't even know how to like make those connections. So, um, so in my class, we might uh, watch something and, but we, we do some of the same steps that Michelle was saying, you know, with how the, how does it move? Like, how, what happens when the colors change in the background or what happens when the music, like, you know, um, you know, it rises and then it falls sharply. Like how, how does that then influence what you're watching? Right. Cause we talk about perception. So, so how is that changing things for you? But now, now I'm thinking maybe I'll have them write about it instead of having conversations about it. Mm -hmm. So Look yeah. at us coming uh-huh. up with the yeah. We're gonna <laughs> save ideas. the world. <laughs> we're gonna change the world right One here. One episode at a time. <laughs> 
So there's a lot of talk about SEL, so, so social emotional learning, yes. right? So what are, and you talked a little bit about it, Lakeisha, as far as the emotions that are happening, especially at the high school level. What are some of the other social emotional benefits of writing? Um, okay, we talked about emotional release for writing. Um, I think writing, once it's mastered, can definitely be a, a t- confidence builder. I feel like my students who have mastered writing feel confident in reading. They feel confident in other subject matters because they feel like, okay, math, I can summarize it or I can um, look at the science text and just summarize what my teacher said. And so um, social emotional only kind of just bleeds into everything because it's about relationship. And then we get English teachers get a little bit of a cheat there when it comes to being in relationships because we're reading their writing all the time. I mean, I'll be like, how's Bobby? He's like, you know, my brother. I'm like, yeah, you wrote about him last week. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, so social emotional learning comes a little bit easier to us because we're always reading their writing and building those connections. But um, definitely um, I agree with Lakeisha about the release um, and just making your voice heard. Mm-hmm. to someone or somewhere in a journal it's really empowering to students yeah I think also it's 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 validating that mm-hmm. you have good thoughts mm-hmm. you know that you're saying something that's worth hearing mm-hmm. you know right. if you're getting that feedback from your your teacher yeah and yeah. hopefully you are yeah. um and I saw I think also you know critical thinking the ability to um to think about what it is that you're writing you have to when you're writing you have to go through a process and actually um make it make sense and make be able to communicate it in a way that somebody will understand it um and i think also you just understand a little bit more about yourself um, from writing yeah what do you do to balance helping kids develop a love of writing and finding their voice with helping them write correctly So I always tell them like, you have to be a professional first to break the rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my, that's my, um, I remember hearing that. That was, so I had, I was so amazed with myself. Okay. So I'm going to be a nerd right now. So I was really amazed with myself. Cause if you know me, I'm not even into sports at all, but I gave this really <laughs> great analogy too. This is my first sports year. Teach- yes. It's, I was so impressed with myself and I was like teaching <laughs> touchdown and my kids were just like, this woman (laughs) but I was telling them about writing and I was talking about Zeke Elliott and I was saying hey Zeke broke the rules Zeke jumped in to the Salvation Army bucket he broke the rules he had to pay a fine um because of that because you can't celebrate like that after a touchdown I have no idea what you're talking about it was a big deal were they gonna find him or were they not gonna find Zeke about two years ago when he jumped into the Salvation Army bucket Thanksgiving Day. There was a Salvation Army bucket where? At the game, right behind the field. So that's how much I follow football. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) he jumped in and it was, (laughs) this wouldn't have worked on you. (laughs) It worked on my ninth grade boy. He jumped in and he broke the rule and it was Thanksgiving Day and all families were watching. And yeah, he paid a fine. He had to pay thousands of dollars back. But how much more? He ended up earning like $400,000 to the Salvation Army, everybody oh. gave a certain, whatever his jersey number, this is how much I know about Zeke oh, Elliott. Okay. Everybody gave $32 in his name. Uh-huh. And I was like, you break rules for a purpose. Okay. You can't just break writing rules because you 
you feel like it, you're going to pay the fine. But Zeke did it and he paid the fine. Yes. But he also built more because of it. And so I was like, you've got to know the rule first. And then when you break it, so let's just say you have five conjunctions in the row. We went to the store and, um, I had to hold my brother and my mom made me pick up five king goods. And, um, there was a puddle of water on the floor and I fell. So all of those things, <laughs> when I, when I use those ands like that, that's not correct, but you can feel it mounting up. I did that with a purpose. And that's mm-hmm. the same thing authors do. Like you can break the rules, but you do it with the purpose. And so that's how I kind of balance their confidence. It's kind of like learn the rule first. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to play with the rule, we'll talk about how to play with the rule with meaning. You were very um, excited about that and I am and I'm like this in <laughs> class all the time and my kids just look at me like I'm an alien <laughs> Michelle, I love teaching so <laughs> <laughs> well as I was researching for this episode I was noticing that there were several articles that were saying that there's an imbalance of correction of low-income kids um, and that there's an imbalance between correction and um, encouraging them to mm-hmm. write uh, for low income kids. What would you guys say about that? Have you seen that or? Absolutely. Um, my oldest son, when he he went to Montessori, let me just start out there. He went to Montessori. He graduated kindergarten from the Montessori. He went to first grade in public school for the first time ever. He was um, completely overwhelmed. His entire Montessori school was 50 students. So (laughs) being in this class of like almost 30 and then you have all these other classes, it was just a lot. So, um, and his teacher, she was getting her credentials. um, So she wasn't fully credentialed. Um, And then I don't think she had been teaching that long. So then she didn't even really, she wasn't getting to know her students. And so um, from her point of view, um, even though I was trying to tell her that my son was overwhelmed, um, from her point of view, he couldn't do what she was asking him to do Mm. and that this wasn't the truth. Um, And, you know, and I teachers want, you know, families to play a role and stuff. But it's like if you're not even going to listen to me, then then it's hard to bring the parents in. So. One day I was a chemistry major at the time. Don't. Yeah, it's a long story. Um, (laughs) But I I was at the laundromat and um, I was doing my homework and my son was like, you know, oh, well, what is this and what is that? And so I was explaining stuff to him and I told him, I said, you know what? I said, "Um, if this is something that you would like to do, the only way people are going to know what you're doing is if you write it. You know, if you don't write stuff down, well, then people can't see the work that you're doing and you want people to see the work that you're doing. Right. The next day he went to school writing. So. um, (laughs) Right. So and I know that teachers are overwhelmed. They have a lot of students that they have to pay attention to and things. Um, But I was really trying to work with this particular teacher and um, she was failing all the way around Mm -hmm. because this she wouldn't listen basically um so i i don't know if that helps anyone out there but mm-hmm. <laughs> well you know you, you've got to be an advocate for your child mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a show mm-hmm. last week about dyslexia and we had a um an interventionist on and she said that they do something and correct me if i'm wrong maybe y'all know it's called no count spelling 
Hmm. Basically, basically meaning the spelling doesn't matter. We want to see what you're able to do mm -hmm. because they get very caught up in the fact that they're getting things wrong, which um, inhibits their ability to be creative and to, you know, kind of show them what they're able to do. So in the state of Texas, assessments for writing are all um, holistic. So you can have misspelled words and have grammatical mistakes. And if they don't impede the reading and the overall um if the mistakes doesn't keep the reader from understanding the text, then it doesn't, they don't hurt you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me just take a quick break to say that if you are listening and you have some questions or comments for our guests, give us a call at 214-444-5575. And if you're watching us live on Facebook, drop us a comment there and we will do our very best to answer your questions. So it's been a little bit of time since I have been in school, just a little bit. <laughs> what are the stages of developing into an effective writer? Mm. Um, I would just say first, just a, a lot of calling on the part of the educator or on the parent. Like we're always looking for good or we're congratulating. Hey, last time you got three sentences written this time, I gave you 10 minutes and you got six and whatever it is, we're always trying to build that confidence first. And then once they build the confidence where I would look for development of ideas. And then once they are able to develop their ideas, then we're looking at grammatical, making sure your sentences are grammatically correct. And then I would say masterful writer, you're looking at how that grammar is going to provide you with meaning. Mm -hmm. It's going to impact the meaning of what your readers see. Mm -hmm. How do you help your kids come up with fresh ideas, brainstorm really good ideas and not get into cliche writing? Oh, okay. No cliches. <laughs> They're just not allowed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no cliches. Um, I think pre-writing is mm. a lot, most of what we do. It's just the constant brainstorming, the constant discussions, the constant reading of relevant articles. Um, they can use all of these things to write. And so I'm finding that my freshmen, they just really don't have a lot to write about. They're 14 years old. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of life to still experience. Right. Um, but it, it will grow with them. And it, part of it is just exposure, exposure, exposure. Mm-hmm. So a question for both of you guys, since um, you have kids and um, you're an educator in, in high school, what can we as parents do to help our younger kids work on writing skills and develop and appreciate for and de develop an appreciation for writing? Mm. <laughs> I uh -oh. would be guilty of not doing this. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I would say just like reading, I think it starts with modeling. Mm. Do they see you writing? Mm -hmm. um, are you processing your thoughts in a good way? Um, offer it when it's not punishment. So offer it like don't write. It. Mm. It's not always like a letter um, of, of regret <laughs> for decisions that they've made, but sometimes offer it as like, Hey, you, I think you need to process through this. Are you seem really sad about your friend or, um, Hey, today was a great day and you got a star sticker. Why don't you go write about it? So you can always remember it. So providing some positive, I feel like a lot of kids have to write for a punishment. Mm -hmm. um, when they do something wrong, they have to write a report or they have to research as sentences. A <laughs> sentences that as just a happened in our household <laughs> as a punishment. Mm -hmm. So I would say modeling, I would say um, making it some positive, um, um, making it a positive consequences times and um, just always offering in it. Mm 
it when needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that, Lakeisha? Um, I was thinking about, I have a freshman at home, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I was thinking about his writing. Um, I don't, even though I write a lot, I'm typing a lot now. I don't write a lot unless I'm making notes to myself. I make, I'll write on every piece of paper around the house if I'm making notes to myself. But if I'm actually writing like something longer, I'm typing and he's the same way. So um, his teacher recently wanted, in order to get extra credit, he had to write it by hand. He 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 does homeschooling and it's completely online. So oh. so so it was strange that she was asking him to write it out by hand, and then you know like <laughs> I was like, explain this to me. <laughs> so um, and I I was looking at his writing and his writing still looks the same way it kind of did two years ago. Um, he does make mistakes and. Um, in his spelling. Um, and I think it's because he's so used to typing and he'll type really fast, you know, an essay, but to write it will take him forever. Mm. So um, I think maybe what we're asking our, our kids to do, um, and probably depending on the type of education that they have found themselves in, um, like I said, all of his stuff is online. So for him to sit down and write stuff out by hand isn't something that he's doing. And I know neurologically that mm-hmm. there there is something, you know, to be said about writing by hand. And so now I'm telling myself maybe I need to make him write by hand a lot some mm-hmm. more. <laughs> and I was going to, Keisha said exactly what I was going to say. Brain science is showing that mm-hmm. kids really need to be writing by hand. Um and they're allowed to BYOT is what it's called in Arlington, bring your own technology. So they're allowed to bring laptops in class, but it's really showing that the brain is retaining information. More areas of the brain are lit up um, when we are writing by hand really, rather than just typing. Yeah, that's a problem because, I mean, we have to really look for writing um, writing utensils under our house. <laughs> the adults, the, the kids have them, but, you know, David and I are always texting and typing and things like that. I do have a little list here, and I would like to know how they fall, how these ideas fall on you. This is ideas that you can do with um, younger kids to help them appreciate writing. So provide a place for writing. We actually had a um, an episode really early on um, about um, developing a love of reading in a tech-filled world. And one of the things that one of our guests said is to develop a, a really cool writing reading nook in mm-hmm. your house. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, this one is t- just talking about developing a place for writing. Provide materials for writing. Make sure there's always some paper and, and pencils around. Uh, talk with your kids about ideas. Strengthen spelling vocabulary with word games. That's always fun. Um, ask your child to tell simple stories to you and you write them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, turn child's writing and drawings into books. There's so many apps now where you can um, take their illustrations and their writing and make them into actually full-fledged books. And that will, mm-hmm. I mean, makes them makes them little authors. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're authors one way or another, but to see something tangible, a book that is yours with your name on it is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, model writing, and you said that. 
encourage writing just lists, birthday cards, stories. It doesn't have to be a um, um, a book that they're writing. Um, encourage note taking, family message board. <laughs> I've kind of always wanted to do that because we always have something <laughs> crazy that somebody says, and we're like, we should put that on a quote board. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't shy away from using big words. I don't know where I got this list from. I wish I could could tell you guys. Um, but that's one of the things I do with my seven-year-old. I don't talk like a little kid. Um, and I never have done baby talk. I've always used big words with them. And I give them the opportunity to tell me that they don't know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. Chrissy does all oh. the time. But then I give her the definition. And then she's hopefully got another word in her pocket there. Um, and then I love this one, encourage a child to connect with an author of their favorite book, either write a letter, email, look for videos, go to book signings. So you're an author. Um, was it, what was your book that you wrote, Lakeisha? Oh, um, so I have three different books and they are all very different from the other. You have a children's book so, though. Which one? Your children's book. Oh, um, it's Isis learns that being different is okay. Mm, I love that. <laughs> Have you had any students and, reach out to you? Um, actually, I've been able to go to some elementary schools and speak with kids and um, discuss how they handle their friendship relationships. Or um, so, uh, one, I went to a parent night also, and um, the parents loved it. I I read the book to everyone who was there and um, and afterwards, a lot of the parents were like, my son or my daughter is different. And mm. this is like perfect because they need to know that it's OK to, you know, not be like everybody else that, you know. Um, and so that was really, really cool. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you ever um, Skype into uh, classrooms or anything? I have not Skyped into classrooms, um, though that would be really fun. Um, I usually just hit the road mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and go into the classroom physically so, you know, they can see me and they can ask me all the questions they want to ask me. And then I can, I read the, the book to them, you know, um, and I stop along the way asking them questions because I want them to really understand, you know, what they're getting out of this book. Mm-hmm. So, um and I could probably do that through Skype, but you know, if I can see them face to face, that's that's much better for me. I agree. Now, this is kind of a big one. What do students need to know about the essay writing portion of a college application and scholarships? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, colleges. I just want to talk about the application and then I'll talk about <laughs> the essay. Sure. So, colleges. I think a lot of my seniors get caught up in. I have to be a number. I have to be ranked a certain number. I have to be, um, my GPA has to be a certain number and my SAT has to be a certain number. This is all true. However, I had a student about four or five years ago who Columbia sent a personal letter to and said, your grades are not up to par. Your, um, rank is not up to par. Your essay, she was a fantastic writer. Oh, wow. Your essay was phenomenal. We are putting you on a semester of probation. Oh, you my. get a semester to make us prove that you belong here. Oh my gosh! And I think another student 
um, went through um, a lot of neglect in his home. He was eventually taken out of his home. Mm -hmm. But for the first two years of him being at my school, um, his grades were trash. They were terrible. His attendance was terrible. And he spent the last two years, once he got some stability, rebuilding that. And his teachers were able, he was a good writer, but his teachers were also able to write and say, we personally know of his circumstance. And this is why his GPA is this way. And he was accepted to the University of Texas. Hmm. Um, with our letters and so I think writing makes the difference I feel like kids think they have to be a mold a number to get it but writing is somewhere where you can really differentiate yourself and make yourself stand out mm -hmm. and tell people who you are mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah what do you recommend for um, helping my child develop helping me help my child develop confidence in writing Um, I think we kind of talked a lot about that, um, you know, giving them the opportunity to just play around with the writing and um, encouraging them. The the steps that Michelle um, talked about earlier, you know, um, in creating strong writers, I think is helpful for, <clears throat> for students just to find a love of writing um, instead of it being like she was saying, instead of making them write every single time when they get in trouble. Um, when I worked with young kids, we did that too. Um, and we thought we were doing like a good thing because it was like, well, <laughs> you know, explain explain what happened and then explain what you could do different, you know? <laughs> so trying to get them to solve the issues for themselves. Um, but but yeah, I think I think we just need to give our students, or I should say it this way, allow them to write how they're gonna write and then show them uh, how to do different, right? So instead of telling them that's not how they're supposed to do it, um, scaffold a little different on you know the skills that they already have because they already have skills. We just wanna build them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm can't do that if they don't feel good about themselves or um, if they don't feel good about the writing or if the whatever you're asking them to write about is something they just can't even engage with. Mm -hmm. I know in my home, um, we've done talent shows and one of the options has been to write a story. And I also Ooh. think, and this was going back to another question that you asked, we just live in an amazing age. So there was this um, thing that was passed around Facebook among teachers. And there's this author, really famous American author called Neil Gammon. And one of the students got a note from his teacher saying, you cannot refer to Neil Gammon in, as, by his first name. Um, he is not your friend. And so then he went on Facebook and he said, please respond Ooh. to this um post and tell my teacher that we are friends and Neil Gammon did respond <laughs> he was like feel free to call me by my first name and so we just and my even the, my supervisor her son has reached out to Kwame Alexander who is like a young artist for African-American boys is a lot of his not the only people who read them, but a lot of his literature is geared toward them. And he responds right back. Mm -hmm. um, so they just have so many opportunities to get on Twitter and interact with these real life writers with parental supervision, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's important to say. Um, what about just, you know, what if your, your child is growing in their ability to write praising the effort? Mm -hmm. 
I remember going to my, uh, I guess he was in first grade and they had the hundred days of school and they had to write everything that they would be doing at a hundred years old. And it was almost like hieroglyphics. And I stood there in the hallway um, for about 10 minutes and I figured out like, I will have no teeth. And oh, that's what that says. Oh, I will have a walker. Uh, I will be in a chair all day. Like it took me a while. But once I understood, I was like, oh, you really understand what it means to be 100 years old. And mm-hmm. so I know Mansfield ISD really encourages kids just to get it on the page. If your letters are backwards or if it's misspelled, they don't do a lot of correcting on the lower levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and they post it just like it is for parents to see. Mm-hmm. And so that is a confidence builder for students. I remember in college. I had a friend who is a poet and I'm not the biggest fan of poetry. Okay. It's my own personal thing, right? There's nothing wrong with poetry, but he would always write something and then, and then ask me how, what I thought of it. (laughs) 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 Nothing to be said about his own, his, his ability. But what I did was I always found something that I could praise about it Mm -hmm. because he really valued my opinion. And I was, I just did not get poetry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I could find something like I like the way you describe the woman or whatever. You know, I could always find something. So praising the effort is important with our kids as they're growing. <laughs> so uh, what are some resources for writing development? Ooh, mine might be a little bit older. Okay. I Okay. For adults mm-hmm. or teenagers, I'm a big fan of Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way. And so it's for any type of art, whether you're a videographer or whether you're a writer or whether you work with clay pots and it she recommends that you wake up every day and write three pages as a part of her 12-week program and just writing is just a cornerstone you also have to learn how to have fun which I probably if that was a class I would have failed that portion of the class but I did try for 12 weeks um and so but the artist's way just really really there's something about writing three pages every day and she said start with your grocery list start with anything Hmm. um it eventually you will unlock some creativity i did some of my best writing when i was working through the artist ray Mm. um for students um i think also the resources are still in the hands of the adults so i would say looking at some mentor texts um type of books um anything that is going to blend reading and writing and not keep them as separate entities it's going to be a good choice Mm -hmm. And some of the things for the younger kids, um, my kids are uh, 11. For some reason, I can't remember how old DJ is. <laughs> I keep thinking he's 12 and he keeps going, Mom, I'm 11. Um, but my kids are 11, 9, and 7. And so we try to do things at home that are fun. So we have an app on our phone called WordLink. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're trying to guess the words. Um, I'm trying to think. Now I have to really think what this is, um, but you're you're filling in the. It's kind of it kind of is akin to Scrabble a little bit, but it's even good enough. It's even um, um, age appropriate for um, okay. my seven year old. Yeah, so WordLink is one, and then we also got at um, this little store the Scrabble game. So it's not you know the board game Scrabble. It's called Scrabble something else. Scrabble I can't remember, but it's a little uh, little game, little device, and you twist it. Mm. Yeah. It's a little stick, I guess. And you twist it. And when you twist it, it moves to the next 
uh, word. So you're trying to guess what the, the, the word is and you keep twisting it and you guess more words. Anyway, so th- that's uh, another one. And then also story dice. So if you're an educator uh, of an elementary school mm-hmm. kid, you if, if elementary school kids, you know about story dice. Basically, there are pictures on each of the the faces of the dice and as you roll it that's giving you a piece of the um of of a writing prompt it's basically a writing prompt yeah so here's another one typing is an important skill because most people don't handwrite and we talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. um, when should we encourage kids to start typing to start to learn to typing to type I wish I would have listened to my teachers and learned how to type I have a highly modified picking method <sighs> It's bad. I'm shocked. No, it's terrible. I wish I would have listened to my mother. I I think, I don't know if typing still a class. It was when I was in high school. I don't think it is anymore. I think we can teach students to type as soon as possible. My high school struggle with typing. Oh, my gosh. Their pecking methods are way worse than mine. So I took a typing class. I'm a very fast typist. Mm-mm. Yeah. Are you seeing issues um, at the college level with the kids in typing? No, no, because by by the time, yeah, by the time they, you know, get to college. And in fact, um, there are a lot of students, we don't think about this often, but there are a lot of students who don't even have computers. um, And so they may actually be doing um, writing their essays on their phones Mm -hmm. and then, you know, emailing it to themselves and then printing it out at at the college. So um, because a lot of them also work. So they don't have all of this free time to just use the computers as much as they want, you know, even though they're available at the college. I agree. So they're in, they're very um, they're using a lot of ingenuity. Mm-hmm. I I can tell the essays. I'll say, well, did you type this on your phone? Because it's just formatted weirdly. And they'll be, yeah, yes. I don't have a computer at home, and I did the best I could, and we'll work something out to where they can come in during lunch and use mine. And a lot of times they're ashamed to ask, but a lot of students are typing on their phones, typing whole essays on their phones. Oh my gosh, you should see my face. Oh gosh. <laughs> I just can't imagine having to type like a five page essay on your phone. If you don't have a computer and you don't ask for help, they end up doing it. Yeah. Well, something we've been using with Jonathan, my nine-year-old, is typingclub.com. He actually got this idea from, um, they use this at his elementary school. And um, they, you have a picture of your hands um, and the keyboard and they're teaching them home row and they're mm-hmm, teaching mm-hmm. this. So they're having to uh, type an entire paragraph and he's actually become pretty fast. Yeah. So that's an option for your kids at home and for you, maybe if you need, <laughs> I know, I if need, you need it. typingclub.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lakeisha, you're a published author. I know getting published is le- a little, I think I, I have the perception that getting published is less complicated than it used to be. What are options for students to um, get their own work published? Um, so I use KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. So um, it's Amazon, basically. And it was quite simple. They give you a lot of um, a lot of videos that you can watch if you don't understand, you know, um, how to do certain things. I was fortunate because I already knew how to set stuff up because my background is in research. And so um, so it's easy for me to format and, you know, get all that going. 
So I knew back in 2007 <laughs> when I wrote this ISIS book that I wanted to have full and complete control over everything. Um, Self-publishing was not easy back then. Now it is. So um, they even, Kindle will also give you an ISBN for your paperback book. It's not necessary for an ebook. And all of my books are actually ebook and paperback. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and they are different formats and stuff, but um, I would say if any of the the kids out there um, who are watching, listening, wanted to do something like that, it's free. And so you can just play around, you know, with the app and, you know, figure out uh, what types of uh, writing formats you want to use. If you want to create a, a um, comic book, you can do that in the, the ebook format too. So there's there's a lot that you can do with it. And I'm surprised actually, <laughs> but it's fairly simple. All right. Well, thank you so much. And actually, we are out of time. Oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you guys both so much for um, for helping us with because this is definitely kind of a little bit of a lost art, unfortunately, in this tech age. And, um, you know, like we were talking about just how STEM has really grown in importance so much. And we don't want to forget about the art of writing and the importance of writing. Uh, we must continue to strengthen our kids and develop them into stronger writers. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Noggin Educational Foundation is the premier sponsor of School Day. So we always want to let you know what's happening with Noggin. Our mission is to help close the achievement gap for economically disadvantaged children by improving educational opportunities for students, supporting families, and encouraging excellence and innovation in the classroom. School Days is part of our commitment to support families by providing access to experts who offer information and resources regarding all topics that impact education. If you love this program, please consider donating to Noggin. Your gift will be tax deductible. Head to our website, schooldaysshow.com to give today. Also, we are taking applications for our free tutoring program. Each student receives 12 in-home private sessions with the teacher. We also offer online tutoring if you happen to not be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Students must qualify for the free or reduced lunch program at school. Space is limited. For more information, head to our website, nogginfoundation.org, and click on the free tutoring icon. And lastly, if you'd like for your child to be one of our kid casters, email me at info at schooldazedshow.com. Next week, we have a a treat Dave will be hosting. He'll sit down with Eric Phillips, who is a family engagement specialist with Arlington ISD. They'll talk about the importance of involving dads in education. So grab your baby daddy and be sure to watch (laughs) next week. (laughs) Don't forget to share that with your parent friends. And as always, head to our website, schooldaysshow.com, for more information about all that we're doing and all the resources that we've mentioned here on School Days. And remember, you don't ever have to miss a show. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and pretty much everywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Noggin Foundation. That's 
N-O-G-G-I-N. And last but not least, we always want to end the show by saying that David and I are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and strength that we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you would like to know more about that, email us at info at schooldazedshow.com. Have a great week. School Dazed is sponsored by Noggin Educational Foundation. At Noggin, we provide free educational resources to students from low-income families and support to their parents like the preceding broadcast. School Days is made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you. Please consider donating to Noggin at Noggin, N-O-G-G-I-N, foundation.org.